And hello, everybody, and welcome to the Such a Voice podcast. I am very excited because today we have with us the lovely Kathy Colas. Kathy Colas is an incredible audiobook narrator, but she is so much more, and she works with Such a Voice in our home studio department. And if you come on board at Such a Voice, you might work with her too because she really knows her stuff. Let's talk about all the other things she does too. She is a coach, an equestrian, a yogi, a drummer, Kathy, I did not know that, a podcaster herself, a former spy in the US military. It's true, folks. Whatever you can share with us, Kathy, on that, I don't know. It might be top secret, but we're going to try. <laughs> she brings those experiences to every book she narrates. And I love that because that is what we have to do as narrators is bring ourselves and our emotional backstory to those characters and the narrations. That's great. And also works as an audiobook coach with us here at Such a Voice. Welcome, Kathy. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Now, I want to hear how you started doing all this. Because when I met you, you were already doing a lot of audiobooks. And Kathy and I met at Such a Voice. We never met in person, though. And we both are coaches and teachers and with Such a Voice. And she really is such an incredible experience uh, with, this, with her home studio and teaching others how to use theirs and recording audiobooks. So tell us a little bit about what got you started and what, you know, how did you go from military spy to audiobook narrator? Okay. Actually, the military spy was back in the day of the dinosaur. That's when I was in the military. So many, many years ago. And you know, spying at that time was the actual cloak and dagger kind of shit. I was working for Core Power Yoga. I think you and I talked about that before. I was teaching yoga. I was running their client services center. And Core Power Yoga was starting to go through some really funky times. So I, I saw the end coming. Now, what, what year was this, Kathy? Well, we all got laid off, I think, 2018. Mm -hmm. This was pre-pandemic. Yeah, it is pre-pandemic. And I started doing audiobooks, though, in 2016. So the very end of 2016. So I was doing it sort of as a side gig. So here's the thing. I always wanted to act. That was my be-all, end-all. All I wanted to do was walk down the red carpet, the Oscars, everybody's looking. And then I realized, though, I don't like to be seen. I want to act, but I don't want to be in front of a camera. I don't want to be in front of an audience. That's why I'm a drummer. I'm in the back. Nobody sees me. So that's why as a spy, nobody sees you. Again. <laughs> right. She's got super ninja skills. I've got ninja skills. But, you know, I, I'm just going to say there's so many people that you and I have both talked to with this exact same sort of story. They have the desire to act, they have the desire to be on stage, but there is a stage fright or a, a, not the desire to be actually physically on stage. And voiceover is such an incredible outlet to be creative, create characters, particularly in the audiobook field, right? That you, that you don't have to face that fear. Well, that's it. Exactly. And it was like a light bulb went off for me. 
when I thought about this. And so I started auditioning for audiobooks. I had no idea what I was doing at that time. That was in the very beginning, and that was before a multitude of people glommed on to trying to be audiobook narrators. So this was back in a time where you were still one of a, a smaller group. Were you still listening to them on CDs? <laughs> Uh, no, I wasn't that. Although there's so many of them in there that were and on tape cassette. So no, I wasn't that far back, but I was taking things because I really wanted the experience. So it was almost like I was paying them. It was a low per finished hour rate and I just wanted the experience. And now where were you finding, where were you finding that work? Because ACX was ACX not a thing or were they there already? ACX. Okay. Oh, ACX was there. So I auditioned for things and I got a bunch of things and a lot of them really cool things, some not so much. And I wish that I could go back now and take those things off of Audible, but I think it's a seven year until things start disappearing. Okay. So now there's that, like, that's an interesting piece of information I didn't have. And that's something I want new audiobook students to think about as well. It's not just grabbing anything. Don't do that because that will be out there for seven years and it might be things that you wish you had used a pseudonym on. So that, that is really, really interesting. And was ACX your total source in the beginning or did you go to any publishers? Like when I first heard about doing audiobooks, I know friends of mine were like going to Random House and auditioning and things like that. Well, really, they don't want to look at you until you have at least 10 books under your belt. Typically, unless you have some kind of in or you're famous or you're, you know, in LA and you're doing the thing. But for most people that are out there, and that's the majority of, na- of narrators, unless you have 10 books under your belt, you probably shouldn't be contacting publishers. That's just kind of a rule of thumb that's out there. But you know what? I, you know, nothing is 100%, right? You might be the one that has one or two books and the publisher's like, sign that person. You never know. But the norm, you should have at least a little bit of experience before you're working for a publisher. Because even when you have experience and you get into a publisher, there's a lot of things that come down, a lot of paperwork, a lot of different kinds of contracts, a lot of things you have to do as far as narrator requirements. And it's a lot different than when you're just kind of doing it on your own with indie authors or smaller publishers where you're pretty much the narrator and your post, right? So you're doing everything. So let's, let's, I want to get to that um, in just a second, because that is something that certainly when I talk to new people that are interested in voiceover and then I'm evaluating them and then they really have this interest in audiobooks, we have to really express that you know, this is a long, first of all, think about a 15 second piece of copy, 30 second piece of copy or a book. (laughs) So right there, if you're new to this, you've got some challenges in long form, just doing long form. But generally, and you could give me some percentages, Kathy, because as you know, I did not want to do my own editing when I did my first audiobook. And Kathy was so gracious and so patient with me. Because, you know, Unlike Kathy, I came into this industry, old school LA, going to casting offices, someone directing me and recording me. I didn't have to do any of this recording. So I had to really relearn my craft 
to be able to handle what is absolutely necessary in today's voiceover world in every medium, but certainly audiobooks. But yeah, absolutely. But the thing is, too, you have to know a little something about computers. And that's something I do want to put out there. If you have never turned it on, if you have never played around and did anything on a computer, it's going to be tough. You know, if you are persistent and you just are going to practice, and this is what I tell my students in home studio, if they still have technique sessions left, I want you to do every single assignment you have, just like what we did. I want you to prepare every assignment like it's an audition. And that's the only way that by the time you're done with the program, this is not going to be an issue for you. There's a lot of students, you know, they get done with the program and they're like, oh no, what am I doing now? Because they're not practicing. They're not doing, and I say it time and time again until, you know, you have to practice this stuff. Kathy and Ben Marnie are our home studio advisors at Such a Voice. And I cannot tell you how wonderful they both are in terms of really teaching you how to do this. And I think it is an area that um, we don't often talk about how important it is and how great you guys are at it, at teaching it, and how you've, you've, you've come up with so many shortcuts for our students and plugins and I don't even know if you're calling that, but I know that there's so many shortcuts that are, are even new this last couple of years. So we make this process easy. If tech scares you, you're in really good hands. Let's talk a little bit about how you grew as a voiceover audiobook narrator. Well, like I said, I mean, I just started doing it, really. I, I mean, sometimes you just have to jump in. Now, when I first started, I didn't know anything about audio editing and mastering and setting up a studio. If you ever really want to understand audio editing, do an audiobook. Mm-hmm. So true. I mean, even I, now having done three have learned so much. And I still use some outside help for editing, but I still, for timing, I do a lot on my own. But what would you say is the most important thing? I don't even know if you could say this, but maybe the three most important things on the editing end, and then let's get back, we'll get back into the acting end, in terms of what are some of the most important things that are slightly different in audiobook than other kinds of voiceover? Sure. Most narrators will hire this out. I have done that. I'm kind of a control freak. Nobody can do it as good as I can, at least in my own mind. And so it's scary for me to hire things out. It is time consuming, but you can take that down once you've got a lot of the software set up with different kinds of modules and effects racks and things like that, that you can run your audio through once you're done. Many narrators will hire it out, so all they have to worry about is the narration. I've started to use a program called Positron. It's a subscription, but it's a QC program where you can throw your audiobook and your manuscript in there, and it pretty much does all the editing for you. It shows you everything you miss, everything you make a double sentence on. It's amazing. Wow. Wait, wait. I'm, I'm, super curious about this. So you put the manuscript in there, then it's listening to the audio and then it's matching it up. Wow. And then what do you get back to as the as the checkpoint? Does it do it on 
you get a pickup packet. So what it does, you upload your audio files. You want to get them as clean as you can. When they say punch and roll or clean audio, clean raw, that means you want to get rid of most of your mistakes. So when you go through and you do a punch and roll, when you, you know, you make a mistake, you stop. I think I want you to explain to, yeah, I know what it is, of course, but explain to the audience that may not know. Absolutely. So you're going along and you make a mistake. Okay. So you're going to stop at that point and you're going to hit your, most of us will set up punch and roll on a hot key. Okay. And that's just a key on the keyboard that you've attached to the punch and roll command. So for me, I, I use my forward slash because it's right there. It's easy. So you stop, you hit your forward slash, then the audio goes back about five seconds. You can set it to three to five to two, whatever it is you want. And it starts playing. You need to be reading along with it as it's playing, because as soon as that five seconds is up, you're doing that line where you made the mistake and then you continue going. Exactly. So what I love about it is you get the tone and feel, you're listening in your headphones and then you just keep going. And so that's, that's really, a, it's an amazing uh, trick. Yeah. And publishers want punch and roll, clean, clean copy, clean raw copy. So once you've done that as much as you can, as much, cause you, you might miss something and that's okay. So you upload those clean punch and roll files into Positron and you put the manuscript in there. And so the manuscript and the audio files, they're working kind of together. And so every time there's a mistake, Positron marks the timestamp, marks the mistake, shows you everything on the manuscript. And then at the end of that, they create a pickup and a proofing packet. And then you go back in and you put your pickups in. Pickups are mistakes, really. They're fixing mistakes. You know, the pickup is how you fix your mistake. And then you're kind of good to go. Now, if you want somebody to master it, if you don't have a lot of audio engineering, you don't even have to be a full-fledged engineer, but you have to have some skills as far as understanding what ACX requirements are. Most books, unless you're going with a publisher, are going to go through ACX or find a way or, you know, there's a couple distributors out there. There's distributors, Authors Republic. There's different distributors. ACX is the biggest. So just so everyone, in, in case somebody does not know, ACX is connected to Amazon? Uh-huh. Audiobook Creation Exchange. That's what it stands for. And it's kind of like the clearinghouse for Audible. So ACX is where authors put up their work, narrators audition. And then ACX kind of is your distribution chain. But everything on ACX is going to Audible. Now, one of the things that I was taught in a, in a quick little workshop I did about audiobooks starting out is to look for A, shorter books, just because you're new at this. So why take on an 11-hour book when you're new, maybe a two and a half hour book? And what would be some other things, Kathy? I, I know you want to maybe look for how popular the author is, because if you're doing a royalty share or something, that's, that's going to be better, uh, you know, better sales for you potentially. It all depends on your intention, though, Justine, really. I mean, the, the really short books, I'm not going to pay a credit for a two-hour book. I'm not going to use, I'm not going to pay $17 for, 
for a two hour or, or $10 for a two hour book. What about just for experience uh, to maybe get a couple books under your belt? You can. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's fine depending on what the book is. I mean, just don't get some, you know, kind of crappy, trashy little two hour book just to get experience because it's going to be out there. Like we said in the beginning, it's going to be out there. So, you, you know, you have to think about what you want your name to stand for. How do you want to look when you're being presented to the world because millions of people are getting audiobooks on Audible and you're out there? So what, what do you want behind your name, right? Even getting experience. You know what? If you want to get experience, volunteer at Learning Ally, at LibriVox. That is the best way to get experience. Yeah, Learning Ally is wonderful. And you're volunteering. And you can really learn your craft. And you're doing something very wonderful. And you can read some pretty great titles on there because they have a special contract. Let's talk about coaching. Let's talk about the audiobook program. You know, we, we about two, maybe three years ago, we launched an, a specific audiobook program because there were so many things that were slightly different or other things you needed to know in terms of marketing, in terms of networking, and in terms of editing, of course, but also in terms of just skill. So talk a little bit about our audiobook program, which you actually coach, and you've seen its you know creation and maybe some of the transitions that has gone through and why it's so important to get proper coaching. Well, I'll tell you, I, you know, Jeff, Jeffrey Kafer is the one who's kind of on top of that program. And he is like, he's like the man in audiobooks, right? Jeff Kafer has probably 800 books out there. So like when I think uh, 60, 800, 60, 800, but I mean, he's the one that put together the curriculum. So the curriculum is outstanding. Right now, we are doing a mix of nonfiction and fiction, and you are taking deep dives into both of those things, and you really start to understand. I mean, all of my students are like, they're blown away the first time that they start to read for you, because that's what we do. I mean, they are reading and we are coaching them as they're reading and giving them feedback at the time and kind of molding them, having them understand what they need to be doing. And they're like, God, I didn't think it was this hard. And it's just different. And it's like the same thing with voiceover. When I talk to my home studio students, I, the first thing I ask them is, how do you like the program? And I swear to God, they're like, I love it, but I can't believe how much there is to it. I never thought there was so much to it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's why we, you know, I think people think about voiceover and they're like, I'm going to get a microphone, I'm going to start doing it. And they do not realize that there are so many skills, just like any other job. There are so many skills that are going to that are going to take you from being okay to being great and having the help you need and the support in all the areas, in the coaching, in the training, in the marketing, in the networking, in the getting the work, and of course, the studio. You're, in today's day and age, audiobooks and all voiceover, you're only, your voice is only as good as the, the audio quality. Yeah. It's so important now. And you know that's a huge change from where I started. You were in a, you were in a regular studio. You weren't even at home. <laughs> I mean... 
you you had it going on. No, that it was real nice. <laughs> I know. I bet it was. I would love it. But honestly, having the home studio and having a good home studio, number one, made vo- and we know this, made voiceover, made narration, made all of these things so much more accessible to so many people. You know, and that's that's important, but you can't be sitting in the middle of your basement with your equipment. It's not going to work. You're an echo chamber. It always makes me laugh in the intro classes. I'm like, where should I put this in my house? And so many people say basement. I'm like, a little echoey, maybe damp. <laughs> so I've actually put together a couple of different options for my students when they come on so I can show them great. what you can do for no money and getting great sound. Right. So, so that's good. Yeah. So one of the other things that Kathy has done that I thought was super cool, she turned some of her audiobooks into podcasts. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, yeah. I can. Marketing is marketing. You want to get your name out there, right? You know, you're not always going to be with a big time publisher that's going to be doing the marketing for you and putting that book out there. So a lot of the authors that I've worked with, they're not marketing geniuses. So in order to get my name out there and, and to help them, people, when they listen to the books and they, they love them, and then they want to hear more. So it kind of drives people to these authors' websites, to their work, and then they hear my name and they want to see what else I've done. So what I started doing was an episodic podcast. I took it's usually two chapters at a time. It usually comes out to be about 40, 45 minutes. I do it twice a week, two different books, and I've gotten quite a following. So let me ask you, do you, do you intentionally not do the entire book or do you eventually do the whole book? No, we do the whole book. We do, and it's just one book, just one book. But when they find out they like the author and the author's fine with it, They're like, God, yes, do it. Drive people to my website. Let people know my name. Let them hear some of my work. Because I think there's that other school of thought is, oh, I don't want to give my book away. Aren't I giving my book away? You know, maybe you are. (laughs) You know what? If nobody's buying your book anyway, and if nobody's looking at your stuff anyway, you're not giving anything away. right. right? And so now somebody knows your name. Somebody knows what you've done. You know what? Honestly, there's two sides to everything, right? What's the bigger risk? I don't know. I don't know. The authors that I've worked with love this. They're thrilled. They're like, thank you so much for doing Mm -hmm. this. I don't charge anything for it. I love doing it. And I've gotten a really good response. So for anyone who's interested in finding out more about this, you can reach out to me at justine at suchavoice.com. I will get a link if you wanted to watch if you want to watch a, a webinar we can talk about audiobooks specifically we can talk about voiceover one thing i know that is very challenging as i got into the whole acx thing is what do i put down as my rate that is such a challenge when you're starting what what can you just talk about that a little bit yeah most narrators are going to charge sag rates which is 250 per finished hour And there's two different ways you get paid with audiobooks. No, actually kind of three. There's per finished hour, which means that no matter how much time you spend recording, editing, mastering, you're only going to get paid for however long the book is once it's done. 
So if you put 30 hours in recording, editing, mastering, and the book was 10, you're only going to get paid for 10 hours. Okay. So that's why you want to start getting good and quick at editing mass. If you're going to do it yourself, if you're not going to hire it out, there's also royalty share, which is where you are, you're getting 20% of the price of the books that are sold. So Audible is taking 60% and then you're splitting 40 with the author. If it's an author that put out books for royalty share, they really have to show that people are buying the book or else it's not worth your time. Unless it's something that is just so good that you you just want to do it because it's such high quality writing and maybe the author just doesn't know how to market, but it's so good and you know you can just bring it to the next level. I've done stuff like that before where I've gotten books that are so good and the author's just not, they're not out there yet, but it's like getting your acting chops on, right? So that's royalty share. And then there's royalty share plus where you do get that 20% of the book, but you also get, I don't know, maybe 75 to a hundred bucks per finished hour for editing and mastering. So my last book, I did, I, I asked for that from the author because royalty plus yeah i asked for that from the author and she agreed because i told her if i had a little skin in, skin in the game i would be more interested in doing you know instagram lives and sure. and podcasts with her and it was a subject matter that made sense for me it was a, it was a book on divorce and i was going through divorce so it made sense and she was willing to do that and i i really like that because having a little skin in the game I think as the narrator is nice. And especially in the beginning, you never know. I mean, if you make your finished hour, then that's it. Yeah. I mean, and that, and you never know where a book's going to go, but you got to do your research with that. Research the author, see what they're selling. You can find sales rank. You can really get some good information and decide whether or not this is going to be worth it for you. If you're going to go that royalty share route. So, where can we find you and your podcast, Kathy? It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Google Podcasts. Kathy Colas Audiobooks. And my website, you can get to me at kathycolas.com. You can see my work. You can see some more about me. You can see what authors think of me because I have a little testimonial page. So, yeah. Know that if you decide you want to, you just, still looking to be evaluated for voiceover in general, you can reach out to me at suchavoice.com forward slash Justine, suchavoice.com forward slash Justine, and we can get you to a webinar or do an evaluation. And if it's audiobooks that you're interested in, we have a wonderful, amazing program. And something you may not know, my dear Kathy, is in our introductory class, which you taught, we played a de some demos, right? We played some demos. One was of a woman, Joyce, who is a lovely, older, uh, mature, and Stuart. Well, guess what, Kathy? Stuart is going to be an audiobook student of yours. Shut up. <laughs> this is a funny story, and I'm going to have him on the podcast, but I did, yeah, check this out. And I'm gonna, we're going to talk about this right now on air because it was the most. So just for all you listeners out there, if you've ever been to any of our intro classes, we play 
two demos, and one of them, we point out the importance of post-production on a demo. And we play just the voice of this gentleman, Stuart Blinder. And then we do the same voice, the same track with post-production. And then we go back to the, no- the voice and da-da-da. So I, I did a group coaching and I had, there was a box that said Teresa and I, and I, and I was like, who is this Teresa? Can you put your camera on? Camera went on and I saw a ceiling. I said, oh, I just see a ceiling. I don't see you, Teresa. And then a gentleman came into the box and I said, oh, well, you're not Teresa. And he said, no, I'm Stuart, Stuart Blinder. And I about died. And everyone in the room had been to the intro class, so they had heard, and maybe some of you out there listening. So this was wonderful. So Stuart has come back to us along with Teresa, and he is really into audiobooks, and he's going to be a student of yours. So isn't that fun? Oh, my God. Has he been doing? I can't wait to meet him. Yes. And he's done, he's done a lot of audiobooks and he was doing it back in the day when, you know, you did go into the publishers and you were directed. And the reason he wants to come back now, and this is great for all of you out there to hear, you know, the industry has changed so much that someone like Stuart and his wife, who also does voiceover, need to re-up their marketing to get going in today's 2022, 2023 age. Because you know, we, we do things differently than we did when, when I started and when Stuart started. So very exciting. I love hearing people coming back to us years later. It's going to be fun. So anyone interested, you know how to reach us and check out our website. And Kathy actually has a couple of blogs on suchavoice.com about home studio. And we will probably have you back, Kathy, to talk about that. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us. This was great talking to you. Thank you, Justine. And one of these days, I'm going to come visit you in Denver and ride your horse. Thank you so much. And we will see you all out there once again. Don't forget to check us out at suchvoice.com and suchvoice.com slash Justine. If you want to learn more about what it takes to become a working voiceover actor, come to an intro class or schedule a voice evaluation with Justine. You can contact her at justinereese at suchavoice.com. That's J-U-S-T-I-N-E-R-E-I-S-S at suchavoice.com. Or check out our website at suchavoice.com. If you like the podcast, subscribe to this channel or leave a review. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.